Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 78 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we are talking to my friend Rob Kellett, who writes under Robin Kelly. And he is just darling. He's one of those people that you meet him and you just want to claim him for a friend, which is a problem I have. Uh, I have an addiction to that. I do like to claim people. And bring them in and hug them and talk to them. And, and it's just awesome that I get to do this job and that sometimes people let me do that. So we had a delightful talk and I know you're going to enjoy it. Um, a little bit of an update is not much update as this is only a few days after I've recorded my last episode. I'm trying to get a little bit ahead of schedule since I'm trying to take the month of March off. Oh my goodness. It's not easy, this whole trying to do a month's worth of work before the month actually occurs. But I've got the uh, class that I'm teaching at Berkeley all set up. Um, I spent today doing that. I am, I've really been struggling um, in a really good way, a fun way, with writing a proposal for my next book. I have two books in mind. Um, one is lightweight and sweet and set in Venice, which I hope somebody buys on proposal because I don't want to write it on spec, which means that you write it before you have sold it. Uh, I am terrible at writing on spec because I can draw that out forever. If you write it on spec, there is no deadline. Therefore, I will finish the book in 72 years. Um, and the other one is a darker uh, family thing, more in line with my other mainstream um, lit stuff. So I would really like to write both of those books. And since the thriller is out of my hands and I'm not going to touch it for a while, I hope I have some time to think about this. Uh, so yesterday I'm writing about this for my writer's email. So if you're on my email list, you may hear about this as well. But yesterday I got in the tub for work and just started making notes about the books that I want to write. And I tell you what, I have not spent a more enjoyable three hours in a long time. Three hours in the tub, just, you know, adding a little cool water here, adding a little hot water there, getting out to get a snack and to let the dogs out and make another cup of tea and then jumping right back in. It was pretty much heaven. And um, as I always say, I can't believe that they let me do this. Um, and they do. I'm doing it. It's fantastic. And some of that is due to your help, dear patrons. I want to thank my new patron. Um, her name is so fantastic. Dahlia von Dolenberg. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, just pledged. Thank you, Dahlia. Um, your guys' support means the world to me. It's at patreon.com slash Rachel. And thanks to all of you who helped me do this creative work. If you do pledge over there at a dollar a month, you get the essays that I'm writing, um, the book that I'm writing, Replenish, on refilling the creative well of your soul, which I'm very much enjoying doing. And I'm launching into writing the next chapter, which is about music and the band that I've joined. Um, that's this month's essay. So I'm looking forward to writing that. I've also got to write an article that is due, I think next week. Um, just again, just trying to pull things together and very much enjoying this seat that I'm sitting in. I don't have anything else to tell you. So I will encourage you to get some writing done, get up early tomorrow, just 15 minutes, just 20 minutes, get 
a couple hundred words in before you go to work, before you walk the dogs. I know that you can do it. This is your heart's desire. That is why you're listening to writing podcasts. And I know that you have a voice that only you can put on the page and I want to support you and encourage you to do it. Now, please listen and enjoy to Rob, enjoy Rob who tells us how he does it. And I absolutely know that you're going to want him as a friend too. So you know what? Do reach out to him, read his book, send him an email. Okay, y'all happy writing to you. We'll talk soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my stop stalling and write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Okay, everybody, I could not be more pleased today to welcome my friend Rob Kellett to the show. Hi, Rob. Hi. I'm so glad to have you here. Right before we got on the air, he was saying that he has a little bit of an imposter syndrome, and I'm going to tell you why that shouldn't be true, but let me give you a little bit of an introduction first. Um, Rob Kellett is the self-published author of the Best Laid series, which is a genius title, um, which he describes as a rom-dom-com again, genius, written under his pseudonym Robin Kelly. He hopes to earn enough money with his writing to buy a tweed jacket with leather patches on the elbows to really live the fantasy writer's life. Since he doesn't have aspirations of becoming a full-time author, he's as surprised as you are to be invited on the show. Uh, Rob is a computer was a computer programmer before it was fashionable and has found his true calling doing accounting for an event firm in San Francisco. In his spare time, he spends too much time researching and not enough writing. And I actually really love that you you said that about having no aspirations to become a full-time writer because I think the vast majority of my listeners are not full-time writers. Um, many of them do not have aspirations to become, so they just want to write. And I've been writing for profession- professionally for 12 years and I've only been full-time for two years. Um, however, I will say that that's always where I wanted to end up. So, um, But I just think you're fantastic. And I started one of your books last night and it's so good and funny and Rom-dom-com. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, the way I write is my writing is reactive. So I read something and I reimagine it. And I read Mm -hmm. Fifty Shades of Grey. And this was before I was writing. I I talked to a lot of people and everyone always says, oh, I haven't read it. You know, no one admits to reading it. I have never met anyone who admitted to reading it. (laughs) (laughs) But And so I was reading it with a reader's eyes, not with a writer's eye. And I, but the first thing that struck me is here is a book. It's not really that well written. And it let me let go of that perfectionism that's held me back from writing. I love that. And so I thought of it. What if this was a romantic comedy? And that's why I call it a (laughs) rom-dom-com. Which is the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely the best. (laughs) So when I was writing it, you know, I I, I decided it had to be three books like the original. Mm -hmm. And whenever I got stuck on something, I just, you know, I have to go back to the source material. So I would just take everything in the source material and just twist it. So everything in in Jackson's closet is gray because he's colorblind, not because he's... You know, so structured. Um, And that way his tie will always match his suit. He never has to worry about things clashing. So just that kind of thing. And and so following the book, uh, there's a wedding in the third book. 
I love that. I love that you're doing this. And um, Rob and I are friends because we are both on the our local RWA board. And um, I'm just so tickled to have you here today. And this show is about process. So I know that you have the, the full-time day job, um, but I would love to talk to you about how you get your writing done. What is your writing process? I don't have a process because of the three books, they were each done differently. Ooh. So the first book I wrote... Um, you know, I set my alarm an hour early and I would write for an hour before work. And then after work, I'd come home and work till late in the night. And on the weekends, I just, and wrote and wrote and wrote. And I think that was partly because I had tried to write books before Mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to be a published author, but I didn't have a story to tell. Mm. So I was putting the cart before the horse. So (laughs) I, this time I, like I had the story to tell and I, And I had to get it out as fast as possible because I was afraid it would end up like all the other books. I'd get one chapter done and would know where to go. So now I'm saying as fast as possible. It took me a year and I didn't know what I was doing. I just wrote it. And and then it's like, oh, I need an editor. And so when I'm calling editors, it's what do you mean? I have to wait two months to get on your schedule. Aren't you free now? So, uh, so I got that first book done. So it was it was very structured, but also at that time my dog had died. Oh god! So I had all this spare time, and I was just filling it up with uh, writing. Mm-hmm. The second book, and 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 this is you, I know you're going to ask me later about good advice and bad advice. Let's jump to that now. Okay. Yeah. I I, I don't think there's any bad advice unless it's advice that makes you stop writing. But there is inappropriate advice. Ooh, I like this. Tell me more. Because someone told me to do NaNoWriMo. Probably me. (laughs) Probably you. And I would say that's bad advice now. Because I, you know, that, uh, so I plotted, I'm not a plotter, I'm a pantser. Mm -hmm. But I knew some scenes I wanted in my book. So I went into Scrivener, which I, you know, I bought. And I did the index cards of what I was writing. And November 1st, I sat down and started typing. And I was, it was going along great. I'm looking down. I was like, 800. Oh, great. This typing, typing, typing. And I got to 1400. And I thought, people are always talking about how difficult this is. <laughs> it was characters. It wasn't words. I was, I only had about 300 words. And it's, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I almost just fell out of my chair. <laughs> And at that point, I was just like, I was so discouraged. I just slammed the door shut, you know, the the laptop. Because I I work best with deadlines, Mm -hmm. but word counts throw me off because it's not how I work. And so that's why, for me, NaNoWriMo is is bad advice, Mm -hmm. but it's not bad advice. I love that you say that, though. Um, So many people are driven by word count. And then so many people are not. They're driven by time in the chair or a deadline like that. And and I, I love that you say that because I have to remember not everyone is driven by word count. If you tell me to write 2,105 words, I will write 2,104 and begrudge the last one, you know, but I'll do it. That's how you push me into it. So I'm sorry that I gave you that advice. I'm sorry that like all of writing world gives you that advice. But I mean, it's great. That's why I say there's no bad advice. Yeah. I'm glad I tried it because yeah. now I know at this point that process doesn't work. For now, how me. about the third book then? How did you do that one? After the second book, um, I 
I was depressed. Finishing that book, and I heard someone say once, I had a book-shaped hole in my heart. And I don't know if it was the book, if it was, because it was November, so it was election year. And, um, or the fact that I had to write that third and just that process of getting started again was kind of depressing because when I finished the third book, I, I didn't have any of that. I was like excited. (laughs) Um, so the third book, the thing is I write the way I write is it's the old adage, write What you'd like to read. Yes. The best. Yeah. And what I like to read is things where I don't know what's next. So that's how I write. I, that's why I'm a pantser, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what's coming. And the characters um, do their own little dance and, and, and decide what they're going to do. Uh, but sometimes I just have to give them time. You know, I just have to let them percolate in the back. And it's what I'm doing now. I, I had this idea for a book. And I had started writing it, but there was something missing. Mm. And I thought, I'm just going to put it aside. And then I came up with a uh, something I can do with one of the characters that would add a lot of layers. And it, it's got me excited about the project again. So, Oh, that's awesome. And I, I tend to write, I write more like sketch comedy in that I see, I think of each scene with a beginning, middle and end, mm-hmm. right? So... So I think about, a, you know, I want a scene where, uh, I don't know how far you got in the first book, but with Lois naked in the kitchen and uh, Jillian comes in, to, that that was a whole scene. And it, of course, ended with uh, her and, and Luke going off together. Uh, but then I didn't know what was going to come next uh-huh. again. So, so I will write what I'm in the mood for. And sometimes I'll skip ahead and sometimes I'll skip back. But, um, that's how I think I, you know, I think if it's to me, it's more segments, which is why my books are not tightly plotted. I mean, there's, they're sort of rambling highways that, and then somehow magically at the end, everything gets tied up and purely enjoyable. So I'm just enjoying oh, that, enjoying the heck out of it. So, and I, I'm actually, I'm always quite jealous of people who can leap ahead and, and then go back and move to what you want to write. Cause I am one of those purely linear writers. It has to be in a line chronological and anything else kind of breaks my brain. So, and I'm always, I'm, what I'm always trying someday I'm going to get there because I think to me looking into that world that seems like an ideal way to go because then you're always writing what you want to write instead of writing that interstitial scene that probably doesn't belong there anyway if you don't want to write it which is you know the 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 connective tissue i call it that's that's hanging everything together but for the second book uh, again i I was writing it uh more as i felt a scene but i booked my editor ahead of time and that gave me the drive to finish it excellent so you had the deadline I had the deadline and I, and I, it really helped. But the problem was I, I hold off on my sex scenes till the end. Me too. Because I don't want to repeat the same words. Yeah. You know, I want each to be different. But if I write one a month ago and one now, I don't know if, if the shaft of his manhood is going to show up more than once. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just write, I just write um, sex scene in brackets and yeah, then I, and then I go I back to too. it. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I always have a purpose. I, I know what needs to happen emotionally within that sex scene. And then I just pretend that that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when I write sex scenes, I have like two glasses of wine. I never 
drink when I'm writing because I think it's a it's a poor idea in many Hemingway-ish cases. But but I, I get myself in the mood and then, and then write them all at once. <laughs> but six is exhausting. Oh, you yeah. know, six over a weekend is exhausting. Yeah, no, I usually only have two or three in my books. <laughs> so the, on the third book, um, I booked myself uh, a cruise, a 10-day cruise to Mexico. And I had the room to myself. I didn't go with anybody. Oh, lovely. And the great thing about cruises is like they're, they're um, summer camp for adults. <laughs> I've never been on one. Because all you do is you wait to be fed or entertained. <laughs> so I would sit in my room. Sometimes I sat on the deck because I never got off the ship. We stopped at like four places in Mexico. I never got off the ship. Sit in my room writing and then I'd give myself one treat. So uh, I saw they showed three billboards and they oh, showed Dunkirk. So you know, so I would see a movie or a, a comic that day. And and I just went from beginning to end and put in all that connective tissue. The stuff that that's boring, you know, to get from point A to point B. But when I was writing full time and that that was probably the only time I did it for an extended period of time. I was afraid I'd dry up, but it just kept coming. I was really amazed how how I think my muse likes the water. (laughs) (laughs) I think you should remember that and take her to the water more often. It's expensive. I know. uh, I know. I'm glad it. But I'm glad that you say that, too. I do believe that the more we write, the more just burbles up from underneath. You know, Annie Dillard has that that line, you know, uh, spend it all, play it all, save nothing for later. Because I'm always, you know, well, I don't want to, should I say this now? Because it's so good, I could use it later. But no, no, no. If you use it now, something even better will come up to, to be in the next scene. Yeah. Right. So what is your greatest challenge in writing? Just finding uh, something to write about, finding something to say. I think that's that's my biggest challenge because, again, I t- tend to think of things in a comic way, mm-hmm. but comedy doesn't give you enough to build a story on. You need characters, you need the, them to have drives, and and so that you know what what what's the theme of the book. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the hard stuff for for revision. Yeah, that's the hard stuff. Yeah. What's your greatest and, joy? You know, I watched you do a podcast, and you were talking about how you never go back to read your old books. Oh God, no. Uh. But I there's some scenes that I wrote that I love to read again. They just I crack me up. Love that. And, and I love it because it's like I don't know how I did it. <laughs> Isn't that I a delicious feeling? That's the delicious feeling. I definitely, I don't go back and reread the old books, but I de- definitely reread the the draft so many times. And I do recognize that feeling when you read a scene and you're like, that is better than I thought I could have been. Who, who was in the seat driving? Because mm-hmm. I don't remember doing that. Yeah. Oh, I love, I love that. Um, what is, uh, oh, can you share a quick craft tip of any sort? I was at a retreat. You were at that writer's retreat, too. It was great. You actually wrote and I screwed around instead. But <laughs> <laughs> but I sat next to a writer and she was going, oh, this is crap. Oh, this is awful. Oh. Oh, this, this is terrible. And I I wrote 500 words, but there's only two usable ones, and, oh. you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, I wanted to tell her this is this is another reason I think why I write is because I can never think of what to say in the moment, but boy, the next day I can have that conversation in my head and I will convince them. Um, 
But I wanted to say, don't insult your muse. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just get it. I like rewriting. So to me, having a crappy first draft is fine. Me too. Me too. And I could call it a fa- crappy first draft. I don't feel like I'm diminishing my muse by saying, wow, that's a crappy first draft. Um, but because I believe that's the way it should come out. But what you're talking about is like denigrating the actual action and doing of the writing. And it's already hard enough. It's already hard enough. And you don't need that in- internal c- critic externalized. Yeah. And then another tip that wasn't meant to be a tip, but I, that came up. Anyways. I like it. <laughs> I've got one of these. Is that the new Alpha Smart? No, this is uh, this is it's an Alpha Smart. It's the Neo, okay. but I mean new. It's I think it came out in the nineties. Oh, so okay. so these were yeah these were used in schools like to teach typing or I guess you could do tests on them and things too. You can find them on eBay for about twenty bucks. And I've heard literally you can drop them out of airplanes and they'll still work. Probably. <laughs> I, I, I've got one I bought where the S key doesn't work. And so, and so I, you know, I, I, I would that's, not. That's problematic. <laughs> so for, the people, great thing for, is, yeah, for people who don't know what those are, tell us about it. I don't, I don't know one. how much you can see with this, but um, you only get a few lines of text. Mm-hmm. So if you're the kind of writer who, when you're writing, you, you get distracted by rewriting this has helped me because all I can do is go forward. Ah. I, I, I can't revise. And the other thing is I can sit anywhere in the house with this because it uses three AAA batteries that never seem to go out. And I can close my eyes and just picture the scene in my head and just start typing. I, I was at a one of our RWA meetings. Someone's they were talking about how they wrote when they were stuck. And she said, I'd lay down on my bed and put face down and put my hands in front of me and just type without looking. I don't remember that. <laughs> and and so that's that's sort of what I do with the Neo. I mean, I don't lay face down, but again, I, I'm not looking at what I'm writing. I'm just because I write I I tend to write conversations. Mm-hmm. To me, dialogue always comes first. So for me to hear that conversation, get it down, and then I'll put in the he said, she said, she shrugged her shoulder, he raised an eyebrow. <laughs> Now, okay, so I don't have one, and I'm, I, you've convinced me yet again to go look for one. Um, what you do is then you just connect it with a cable to your computer and drag those words into your document. Is that right? Yeah, they have. Um, I'm not here to sell. I, I make no money on these. <laughs> they have eight files that you can do. So you can, you know, uh, for one file, you could do one scene, a different file, you can do another. Uh-huh. And the connector is just the same connector you use your printer for. That's kind oh, of yeah. square one yeah, yeah. that goes to a USB. But it's very old school in that when you plug it in, you have to be in a word processing program and then you hit send. And it's just like it's typing each. Oh, I love it. You cannot you cannot surf the net while this is going. You have to just let it type. It's just simulating keystrokes. Right. Oh, I get it now. I get how it works now. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, I'm going to go to eBay before I um, publish this episode so I can grab one and then everybody else can go get one. (laughs) When you have self-doubt or dark days, how do you handle that? I usually don't write. I mean, to me, if I'm having self-doubt or dark days, what's the point of beating myself up more by sitting in front of the computer and not being able to come up with anything? Oh, I want to be that someday. <laughs> I usually <laughs> end up the in front advantage of, the of not being. I mean, it takes me a year to write each book. 
Well, the first one took me like 58 years, but it takes about <laughs> a year to write each book. So I've got time. Yeah. It's when to stop. That's that's the issue. You know, when it's time to just go and put it all together. That is the eternal question, because we could, we could keep working on these books forever. And, and that's yeah. the wonderful thing about uh, e-publishing is you can go back. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You can go back and re-upload. Oh, and... Maybe I'll make his eyes blue instead. <laughs> <laughs> so in the next book, when I said they're blue, people won't be telling me. I literally had in like, oh, I, and no one's ever noticed it. And now somebody will. But in the fifth book of a series, um, which was traditionally published, there was an eye color that was a direct hereditary clue to the plot, which I realized after the book was published was wrong. <laughs> it was because they had these startling emerald eyes, but in book one, they were blue. So, you know, <laughs> I'm still <Britain> blue. <laughs> um, Teal. If you could not write or have the profession you have now that you love, if you could be anything in the world, what would you be? A professional mattress tester. <laughs> Can you imagine going to work, sleeping on the job, you get up, you leave work, and you've got 16 hours all to yourself? <laughs> Is there really such a job? Are you making that up? Or am I gullible? Uh, you said anything there, I want, I so I it. went. I love it. And now yeah. I want to write a story about that person. <gasps> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Especially if the person really? was a narcoleptic. Or better yet... <laughs> They need, they're poor, so they're doing a lot of overtime. So they're getting too much sleep. <laughs> Think about that, you know? I got to put in, I'm going to work this weekend. I'm going to do a swing shift. I'm going to do a double. <laughs> Boy, am I not tired. <laughs> what is the best book you've read recently and why? I am famous for not finishing books. Ooh, good. You know, Me too. I, I start a book and I see where it's going. And, but but that's also because I'm usually doing the 99 cent books on mm. like BookBub and mm -hmm. things like that. So it's, it's like I'm just checking out what other people are writing. The last book that most influenced me, I read uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes by Anita Luz, Ooh, which was written in 1925. Okay. Uh, it was, you know, the movie was based on that. Uh, and what I loved about it, it's written first person past tense because she's writing in her diary mm -hmm. about what's what's um, going on. And she travels to Paris and she travels to London and She's a gold digger and she has a friend, Dorothy, who's a, like a, a who just likes fun. She doesn't care about the money. She just likes, you know, to have fun. And even though the lead she's I mean, she's dumb. She's she's a, the dumb blonde mm -hmm. prototype. She goes to Paris and she sees the Eiffel Tower and in her diary. She puts E-Y-E-F-U-L-L, -L, the Eiffel Tower, <laughs> right? And Which is actually kind of a great name for it. It is an Eiffel. It is. <laughs> it, it's full of spelling mistakes because it's her diary. It's full of run-on sentences. And I, the voice was so unique because I'd never read anything like that before that I used it in my third book because Jillian in the third book, she's, she's always reading uh, contemporary romance on her Kindle. Mm -hmm. And then she gives the synopsis. 
And it's sort of in that voice where she's talking about, you know, the dragon. I'm, she was reading a dragon shifter book and and uh, she was like, and they're fighting over who's going to be king. But I don't know why dragons need kings, because I didn't think reptiles were pack animals. <laughs> That's adorable. So it's that. That, I'm going to have uh, to pick that up. It is a book that has survived for a long time because of that reason, I'm sure. You know? There's a lot of references to movie stars of the era, politics of the era, events Ooh. of the era. There might uh, – there is um, – it may not be always politically correct. I'm sure. Uh, so just take of the, it in Of the era, that. 1925, yeah. <laughs> but when it's funny, it's hilarious. <laughs> really is that's awesome thank you and where can we find you and your work tell us about that i'm on robin kelly author.com and that's robin with a y and kelly with an e right k-e-l-l-y oh I just think. y just no no i should e. remember i tell i'm terrible with names including no you're right it is it is kelly k-e-l-l-y <laughs> and i'm gonna warn viewers i i am my profile Oh, I yes. impersonate a woman this. online. Talk to me about this. This is super interesting. So you impersonate a woman online, and why is that? Not in a creepy way. Okay, <laughs> right. You're you're I really not want, creepy, my friend. I don't want Robert Mueller coming after me, but uh, <laughs> because I was doing the Fifty Shades of Grey theme, it was first person from the female point of view, and I was finding when people were reading it, if they knew a man wrote it. It would freak them out. Mm -hmm. I mean, they couldn't relax into it because it was like, this Absolutely. is creepy. Yeah. And I understand that because when I've read some male male romances and I know a straight woman has written them, wow. I'm like, wow. But but I eventually forget it and I get yes. into the book. Right. Yeah. I don't hold on to that. Yeah. But the other thing is, I thought I could just be androgynous, but when I was setting up Facebook and Twitter, they were all asking, you know, what's your sex? And I had to, I had to commit to one or the other. So that for is really this too bad. Books, yeah. Yes. So I think if I, I think my next book is going to be a male male, and mm -hmm. if I do that, I will probably change the name. Like it'll be. Well, I can't use R. Kelly. Can't use R. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you could go Robin with an I. I could go Robin with an I. Yeah. It is gender free. Yeah. Interesting. Well, the, I originally did the Robin with the Y because it was an old English spelling, mm, mm -hmm. uh, uh, an old male English spelling, but it was also androgynous. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I just went with it. <laughs> well, you are the best. It is. Oh, tell us. Tell us the names of your books, too, because they're great. Uh, Best Laid Plans, Best Laid Hopes, and Best Laid Dreams. I just love that. I love it. And I adore you. I think you're the bee's knees. And oh, I think you're the sweetest person, too. I mean, th there are some people when you walk into a room, you know, they're just happy and smiling. You're one of those people. <laughs> and <No>, Normally. <laughs> ask my wife. Sometimes I, I'm growling. I, I, I can growl real well. <laughs> oh, you can. I can. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, thank you so, so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.